This is Momentum with Kathy Gilmore, highlighting the good works of Catholics who make a difference. Hey everyone, this is Kathy Gilmore. Um, I'm so happy to welcome you back to our show. And um, our special guest today is Barb Ernster, who is part of the team that runs the um, uh, the World Apostolate of Fatima USA. Um, welcome, Barb. Well, thank you, Kathy, for having me on. I'm really happy to be part of the show today and part of Momentum and all that's happening this year in our great and wonderful church with many hands helping out. Well, and that's the whole idea of this conversation is to see um, see those 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 uh, flashpoints, shall we say, of hope. Um, where that you know, there's so many things that can discourage us, and yet w- if we look through the right lens, we can see that there's so many people doing so many good things that we just need to um, to to focus on it and uh, you know give thanks to God for it. So I see you as one of those lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's truly a gift to be working for Our Lady of Fatima through the World Apostle of Fatima. And it's <clears throat> it's not always easy work, but I if you turn everything over to God, he makes things happen. Well, and Barb, how many people are connected with the World Apostolate of, Fat- of, of Fatima these days? Well, our, our organization <clears throat> actually was founded in 1947 when our founder went to Sister Lucia and asked her specifically you know, what was it Our Lady wanted at Fatima? Because, you know, we'd, they'd seen World War II unfold and things were not getting out. And so that's when it started in 1947 with Lucia helping him understand the requests of Our Lady. It eventually, it just took off in no time and it grew eventually to an international organization. And in 2005, Pope John Paul II wanted an, a, an organization to speak on behalf of the church on the message of Fatima and so we were made a public association of the faithful. And we were originally known as the Blue Army of Our Lady of Fatima. And so it grew, it's now called the World Apostle of Fatima, but we still use Blue Army because of that 75-year history. We're celebrating our 75th anniversary this year. And so Our Lady's Blue Army is still fighting atheism and the errors that spread from Russia, but we feel like we're on the... We're on the winning team no matter what. And so the organization is present in over 70 countries. We have an international office at Fatima, Portugal, at our Domus Pachas Conference and Retreat Center. And we're active everywhere. We have over 70-some divisions established in different dioceses around the country. And we work through very simple people who have a heart for Mary and want to spread this message. Well, and I just think you guys have to, you know, get great kudos for your perseverance and your staying power, um, because I'm sure there's many people nowadays that that basically want to dismiss it, and it's like, oh, well, that's Grandma's apostolate. But <laughs> I have to say, I'm really thrilled by something new that you guys have initiated, and I want you to share it with our listeners. Um, that is the Great Promise Passport, Um, because I think this is a vehicle through which many parents, educators, and others 
will discover the world apostolate of Fatima, the message of Fatima, and all you guys have been um, been communicating for so long in a fresh way. So can you tell us a little bit about the Great Promise Passport? Yes, and that is part of our challenge, Kathy, as it is with many other organizations in the church and even professional associations, is to bring the message to new generations. And Lucia is the one that everybody goes to to read about Fatima. Of course, she was writing for a different time. She was in the 1930s, and you know, so it's really hard to take even some of the things she wrote and apply it to today. And so one of the greatest parts of the message of Fatima was when Our Lady came to ask for the communions of reparation on first Saturdays. And so this is this is a uh, devotion that actually was very active in the 1800s. Pope Leo XIII had promised a plenary indulgence for anybody who did 15 consecutive first Saturdays where they gave honor to Our Lady. And, and then in, uh, Pope Pius X reduced it to 12, and he issued a plenary indulgence for 12 consecutive first Saturdays. And he also asked for people to do it in reparation for the sins against the Immaculate Heart. So before Our Lady even came to bring the First Saturday devotion, there was devotion to her on these First Saturdays. And so when she came to ask for the First Saturdays, it was reduced to five First Saturdays in response to what Our Lord said were the blasphemies against her Immaculate Heart. And so Our Lady, he said, moved my heart to mercy for those souls that would offend the Immaculate Heart of Mary in this way, and souls that might be lost. But the, the devotion is so great because, you know, the whole mission of Lucia was to spread devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And this First Saturday devotion is one way in which we set aside time every month. As if we're consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, we're going to want to do this as well because we're setting aside time once a month to go to confession, receive Holy Communion, pray a five-decade rosary of the the rosary, and then meditate, sit with her for 15 additional minutes and keep her company. And this is the part that I always say is the best part because you're, you're taking from the treasure of the heart of Mary and you're learning from her. And so we're to do these in reparation for the, for the blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart. But so many people find it to be <clears throat> difficult or they, they have all these questions and they make it difficult, but it's really a simple request. And so in order to help bring this to new generations and help them connect better, we introduce what we call the Great Promise Passport. We're going to offer this every year between May and October, where we're asking people to download a passport that looks like one you might get when you're doing the Camino, walking the Camino of Santiago, which is so popular these days, mm-hmm. where pilgrims flood the Camino to walk this way and to try to discover new things for their life. And so then every time you finish the first Saturday, you have to finish five consecutively within that time frame. we will issue you a stamp for your passport. And so it's kind of a fun new way to look at this devotion as something that's easy to do. It challenges you to get your stamps every month. And then in October, if you've completed the five between May and October, we give you a grace period if you don't start until June, you'll be entered into a drawing for different prizes, the first prize of which is a a pilgrimage to Fatima with one of our tours. Which is going to be so cool. And I guess what I think is a neat aspect of this, because I'm a children's author, I'm always thinking about how to bring faith and virtue to families with little children. 
Um, my virtue heroes, uh, virtueheroes.com. My virtue heroes are um, my you know method to do that. But this great promise passport I see as an opportunity for families where on Saturdays, maybe you create your own El Camino, you create your own pilgrimage. And so on each of those different five Saturdays, you find a different church or a shrine or someplace to go where you can pray and connect with Mary in that special way. I just think there's a lot of opportunities, simple or more involved that people or families want to do that they can really make it a really special time. That's true. And, uh, you know, the idea of, of making it as a pilgrimage, you're a pilgrim on the way <clears throat> and you're a pilgrim on the way to Mary's heart. Now her heart is a treasure of grace. Little Jacinta at the age of nine, before she was going to go to the hospital in Lisbon, she told Lucia, I will, I will be going to heaven soon <clears throat> and I will pray for you but you are to remain here on earth and spread the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. And she said, tell everybody that God grants us graces through the Immaculate Heart, that we are to ask her for them. And tell them also to pray to the Immaculate Heart for peace because it has been entrusted to her. And I think about how this little, she might've been eight or nine years old at the time. She probably was nine by then. How did she have an understanding of that? She was already reaching the heights of total consecration to Jesus through Mary without ever having read St. Louis de Montfort. And yet she had this great wisdom and understanding. The heart of a child understood this because she learned from the heart of Mary by -hmm. doing what Mary had asked her to do. And that's what I find so beautiful. Pray to St. Jacinta. She's a powerhouse. And I do, when I read St. Louis de Montfort, and he talks about that highest level of consecration where you're doing truly extraordinary sacrifices, that was Jacinta. And so teach your children about Jacinta and Francisco. Understand that your children can learn just as well. They can obtain these extraordinary graces that they might carry with them to their whole life and have a great mission entrusted to them because of it and make it a pilgrimage for your family. That's a great idea. But don't, don't be afraid to talk to your children about what may sound like a complicated theological thing because our Lord himself reduced this to five and he called it a easy act of reparation. And he said it was his own mother who came to him and moved his heart to mercy. That's what Mary does for us. She moves the heart of Jesus to mercy. And I always say when I'm doing that 15 minute meditation with her, I'm envisioning when she showed the children in the June apparition, she opened her hands and radiated the light of God. And they were, it was so intense. They saw themselves in God. These little children were having these phenomenal spiritual things happen to them, and they didn't understand it. But then she held out her, her heart, and it was pierced with thorns. And, and they understood, Lucia said, we understood it to be the Immaculate Heart of Mary in need of reparation. So when I'm doing my 15 minutes, I ask her to sit next to me, and I say, you know, lead me in, my me- in meditation. What do you want me to learn from you today? And I think of myself when I'm going to communion or going to confession, and I, I offer it to her in reparation, I think of myself as pulling out one of those thorns and helping, helping release the rivers of grace that will flow through this land, capture the souls along the way, and lead them to the ocean of mercy that is her son. That's mm-hmm. what we're trying to do here. We're trying to capture souls and lead them to that ocean. And when you, when you think of the analogy of Mary's heart is the river of grace, a little river going out into the land. 
but it leads to the ocean, which is so much more immense and great. So she's, she's our mother of mercy. She wants us to learn from her own heart so that we can learn to love the son of her heart son even on greater levels. So she leads us into holiness. Well, and you know, Barb, I think um, what you're talking about there in terms of the connection between Mary and the the heart of Jesus and, and his mercy and all that, I think that honestly gives a good um, sort of segue for us to talk about the coalition of Marian, a Eucharistic and Marian apostolates that um, I'm affiliated with through Catholic Marketing Network, um, but also you are through the World Apostolate of Fatima. And our event coming up this summer in Schaumburg, Illinois, is that that moment where people are really going to get an opportunity to experience the unity of so many really powerful apostolic things that are happening in our world right now. Um, you have played such a instrumental role, Barb. I cannot, I mean, on behalf of Catholic Marketing Network, I cannot thank you enough for the, the connections and the help you've helped us um, with in making this event, this Pillars of Faith um, conference track at CMN Momentum 22 um, possible. And um, I wanted to see if you'll share a little bit about the two special guests that you have helped us bring into um, this conference track that's going to be on Wednesday, July the 27th and Thursday, July the 28th, that we're inviting people to come and be part of this, be part of the larger Momentum. Momentum is a four-day event. And the SEMA conference track is um, is just two of those days. But we want people to be um, feel free to be a part of some of it, all of it. Um, the 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 fee that they pay for the conference gets you access to everything. So if you're coming for one thing, you get access to it all. But tell people a little bit about. Um, I, I want you to share a little bit about um, Bishop Perry. And also, um, uh, Father Luke Mary. So, tell people a little bit about these these uh, these guys and and how how you know them and you know why uh, what they're what they're going to bring to the event. Well, thank you. Yes, Bishop Perry, Bishop Joseph Perry, he's the auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of Chicago. He's our Episcopal advisor for the World Apostolate Fatima USA. He speaks often at our shrine in New Jersey. In fact, every year he comes out. He's such a humble, humble t- person, but he's so wise. I think he teaches at Mundelein Seminary as well, but he can speak to the heart of the Eucharist. And I know the Pillars of Faith conferences on the Eucharistic revival, which I think is so perfect because we're all trying to get behind the hard work of our bishops right now. We all see the need for an understand, a greater understanding of the Eucharist. And I feel like God is working through so many people with that. But it's also, uh, you know, the message of Fatima has become very um, important during these times, especially since Pope Francis did the consecration in March, that beautiful consecration of Russia and Ukraine. And because of social media and the modern day communication, so many people got behind that. What we found is it really drove people to greater interest in what is this first Saturday. So for us, it it was a real boon when the church takes action and it draws people's attention back to the things that are important 
And as you know, the Eucharist is so much a part of the Fatima message because the angel of peace who appeared to those children in 1916, who also identified himself as the guardian angel of Portugal, he taught them these beautiful Eucharistic prayers and taught them about right worship before God, where he bowed low and touched his forehead to the ground and taught them the prayer that we it's called the angel prayer, where you're making reparation to the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And Bishop Harry can speak to that. And he, you know, he's going to give a dynamic talk on this. So he draws the two together, Mary and Jesus, the Eucharist, the, the things that we need, the two pillars of Sema, the Eucharist and Marian devotion. Those are the two pillars of St. John Bosco as well. And we see the church rightly parked right between those two pillars right now. <laughs> and so I think this is a great conference that you put together. And I have to give you credit, Kathy, for your vision and your marketing expertise and your just understanding of what's going on in the church. And so, yes, all these apostles coming together, Marian and Eucharistic and sharing their gifts is going to be a great conference. And then, of course, we have Father Luke Mary Fletcher. He's with the um, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal from Bronx, New York. Mm -hmm. He has recently taken up a position as our shrine chaplain at our um, Blue Army Shrine out in Washington, New Jersey. And he's coming with great vision and digital expertise. I mean, he's so funny because he's he's helping us move things to the new generations. And between him and uh, Brother Pius, who is his uh, assistant there, who helps him, they're the ones who came up with the Great Promise Passport. And the Great Did Promise. <laughs> yeah, so it's really his his uh, idea. And then we just hurried up and got it together. And so he's going to be speaking on this and the Fatima message for today. You know, he's um, he speaks at our shrine every year as well. So he's very been, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal have been very intimately connected with us, especially through Father Andrew Apostoli, who, who, would, who had passed away in 2017. But, you know, he wrote on Fatima. He wrote so beautifully. He was an expert. He had many shows on EWTN. So Father Luke seems to be the one that's falling in his footsteps, and we're so grateful to have him. So he'll be speaking at the breakfast on Thursday morning and helping people understand the Fatima message for today. And not to, it, you know, it's a devotion that never, it never gets old because it is the gospel message. And John Paul II called it a summons to the truth. Well, we know what we're dealing with in this world today. It's a, a lack of truth where truth is relative. There's no belief in objective, absolute truth anymore. And that's, we see that in the church. And so I think all of these, um, initiatives were we're driving people to accepting the truths of the Catholic faith and the gospel of Jesus and driving people to think about their you know their need for conversion and going to the Eucharist is is you know when you go up to the Eucharist and you say amen you are accepting that this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ there's no you can't um you can't set your beliefs aside on that and say amen because you're basically standing before God and not being truthful with him. And so I think this year of the Eucharistic revival that's happening with what the bishops are doing, it's the Holy Spirit moving through this land and helping us. And I, I'm just so pleased to be part of this. I think it's going to bear great fruit. Well, and, you know, I keep thinking, um, Barb, about the term reparation. You know, there's there's all these prayers and we're called to be prayer, you know, prayer, prayer of reparation. And and prayers of intercession; those those two come up a lot with the conversation about Fatima, about 
you know, with, with what we do within SEMA and everything. And an image came to mind as you were talking um, that years ago, I used to run an atrium um, that was a catechesis of the Good Shepherd atrium. And during Lent, I would have a big crucifix of Jesus that showed a lot of the, the what I call boo-boos of Jesus. And um, it had a lot of little cuts and all that kind of stuff. And I had a box of Band-Aids next to it. And I would have the children say a little prayer and then take out a Band-Aid and they could put a Band-Aid on the crucifix of Jesus. And it was their way of trying to bring a little consolation and in my thought, a little reparation for the wounds of Jesus. And I just feel like that's that's how we can think of this whole notion of prayers of reparation that we are wanting to basically, you know, spiritually um, align our hearts with God and with his suffering. And for all the people that don't care, I think so much right. of, of the reason for the need for reparation is that there's all this apathy that people don't care. And so we are praying um, to, you know, spiritually, you know, give Jesus, you know, the, the boo-boo band-aid in our little uh, humble way um, to give him some some comfort or, you know, however we want to say it. Um, he makes it makes it good. Uh, he makes it better. But um, right. I just think there's there's power in that that image of that you know we're we're caring about the wounds of Jesus because others don't and because they're they're apathetic and and our prayers can help them get energized again. Do you think I'm I'm crazy or you think I'm I'm imagining it in a good way? Well, no, that's exactly right. It's the same analogy I use when I'm doing reparation. I'm pulling a thorn out of Jesus or Mary's heart. And, yeah. um, you know, they don't they don't need that. <laughs> but God wants our participation in the redemption of other souls. Lucia said, um, you know, the Fatima message is to take up an apostolate on behalf of your brothers and sisters. And Mary's directive during the August apparition was pray and make sacrifices for those who have no one to pray for them. And so that that's an, it's an act of mercy, that we're participating in the merciful act of Jesus himself on the cross. We're performing a spiritual act of, of mercy when we pray for those souls who don't care, who are indifferent. You know, right. the prayer that the angel taught the children was to make reparation <clears throat> for the sacrilegious offenses and indifference of those who are sinning against Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. I mean, these were so, these children were so young and yet these most powerful prayers. And these are the prayers that the national, the national Eucharistic revival is using on their website, the prayers of the angel of peace at Fatima because they're making reparations. And so, yes, we are to, we are helping to make up for the sins of others, the people who don't care. And we're helping to save their souls. Right. You know, I, the mother of God, the queen of heaven can enter into the king's chambers without permission and move his heart to mercy. We can do the same when we make these reparations and we're moving the heart of Jesus to mercy so that the graces will be released so souls will be changed. We're not going to have peace in this world, Kathy, until people convert and return to God. I mean, we're seeing, I always say, I feel like I, it's so overwhelming what's going on out there. It feels like, you know, you're trying to take care of a little puddle over here, but the ocean is coming at you. And so we have to just do our part and be the hands and feet of Christ right now, persevere, have hope, be faithful and trust in the Lord that he's got a bigger plan in mind that we, we can't possibly know what he's got in store. 
Right. And that's, I think, what the power of the CMN Momentum event and the Pillars of Faith conference track in it is that we're giving people the opportunity to come together and get strong by being connected to each other and to God all at the same time. Um, So I want to wrap up um, giving people some ways to connect with things. So one is um, that, that, and tell me if I'm saying this right, they can go to bluearmy.com to get all the information about the World Apostolate of Fatima, of course, but about doing this Great Promise Passport. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And you have to get in on the Great Promise Passport before the, you know, by the first Saturday of June. So it's coming up very quickly. But if you go to bluearmy.com and you just scroll down a little bit, you'll see a link to the Great Promise Passport. And the reason it's called the Great Promise is because Our Lady promised that anybody who completes those five consecutive first Saturdays, she will be with you at the time of your death with all the graces necessary for salvation. So we call it the Great Promise Passport. So, And then just, you know, you can learn about Fatima there. You can join mm-hmm. our organization if you'd like. But bluearmy.com, the, you know, joining the organization is making a spiritual commitment to do what Our Lady had asked us at Fatima. That's our mission to carry on what Lucia was asked to do to carry on the spreading of the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. That's that's beautiful. That is perfect. And then if people want to know about the CMN Momentum event, they can go to catholicmarketing.com um, to our event page, and you'll be able to see all the information about the event in the larger scale. And then if you scroll down on our event page and you click on the little box that has the Pillars of Faith conference um, they can get all the information about the details about that particular conference track. So if people are involved in a Eucharistic uh, work at their church, if they want to get more energized in their faith, if they're active in a Marian apostolate in their church, we invite them to come and be part of CMN Momentum 22 and the Pillars of Faith conference track. So um, thank you so much, Barb, for being with me today. I appreciate the way that you, yourself, and the World Apostolate of Fatima USA is building momentum in the church. And just thank you for your steadfastness in this, in this task. Well, thank you, Kathy. It was nice to be on the show with you. And thank you also for your work. It's, you've done great things with the Catholic Marketing Network. And I, I see many, many fruits coming from your efforts as well. So thank you. Momentum with Kathy Gilmore is sponsored by Catholic Marketing Network and Adventure Catechism Media, equipping Catholics to live and share the faith.